AAT Birds Weekly Report is the Eagle News, notes, and analysis you need. Welcome to another edition of the AT Birds Weekly Report and Opposition Outlook. We're looking into the Green Bay Packers, uh, joined by uh, Kendall. And uh, we have a special guest here, uh, Andy Herman, uh, from the Pack a Day podcast and writer-editor for the Packer Report. Um, I did not see – one thing I thought about while the intro was playing was I didn't have a 4th and 26 you know, in there with Merrill's call. Um, but I thanks, would have that. that. We will be posting that um, later this week. So, uh, but again, Annie, thank you for joining us uh, to kind of break down this uh, Sunday night matchup. Eagles are Eagles nine and one, and the Packers, unfortunately, uh, four and seven. So, uh, I definitely want to get your input on this matchup. But again, thanks for joining us. Yeah, you bet. Freddie Mitchell, fourth and 26. Uh, everyone always uh, gives Rodgers the discount, double check, and the, doing the belt. If, if memory serves, Freddie Mitchell did the championship belt, uh, you know, when he made a big play. I know uh, Freddie Mitchell didn't exactly always live up to expectations, but uh, one of the bigger plays in unfortunate Packers history and uh, one of those just excruciating ways that the Packers have always found a way to lose playoff games. So, yeah, very, very well aware of the fourth and 26 play. Yeah, Freddie Mitchell is a friend of the show, so definitely uh, he likes anytime I send him some videos and some different cut-ups of him, uh, of him during the his time in the NFL. But yeah, it That's was awesome. you know hell of a play there. But I want to start off here, uh, of course, talking about this matchup. Uh, we know the Packers aren't the team that everyone expected them to be uh, when the season um, started, but the struggles that Green Bay, you know, has had. Um, it seems like there's like many layers to the, the kind of struggles that they're have ha, they're having with the eye opening um, issues at the receiving core and you know Aaron Rodgers not really looking like himself. What can you kind of put to if you can kind of put your finger on what's kind of going on in Green Bay? How long do you guys have? Is this like a four hour <laughs> podcast, a five hour <laughs> podcast? Because this is going to take a take a hot second. Uh, the the crazy thing is is it's everything. It is literally everything. There is few things that have gone right at 1265 Lombardi Avenue through the entirety of this season. Um, I joke this week, I think the the Packers uh, digital writer, Wes Hodkowitz, is the only one that is without blame uh, at the entirety of 1265 this year. Um, Brian Gutekunst certainly has a level of blame for what has gone on. Um, not being able to find a actual returner, a kick returner, punt returner. Amari Rogers had to be released third round pick just a season ago uh, because of his failures as a returner and couldn't do anything at wide receiver. 
Uh, this is clearly a team that we're starting to see some of the playmaking. Uh, Romeo Dobbs was showing it fourth round pick this season prior to injury. Christian Watts in the last two weeks, five touchdown receptions in the last two weeks is uh, now six touchdowns on the season. He's really starting to break out. So we're starting to see some playmaking, um, you know, from some of these younger players, but going into the season, I uh, didn't really have enough playmaking. Some of the issues along the offensive line going into the year with David Bakhtiari coming off the long injury layoff with Elton Jenkins coming off a torn ACL um, probably needed a little bit more veteran depth there. It wasn't there at the beginning of the season. The offensive line struggled tremendously. Um, so there are, and I, I could go on and on, but there are some other issues that have really reared its ugly head from a, you know, kind of a general manager standpoint, head coaching standpoint. The Joe Barry hire uh, of defensive coordinator has been an unmitigated disaster. He had awful stints as a defensive coordinator at two spots prior to coming to Green Bay. Spoiler alert, it hasn't gotten better since coming to Green Bay. Um, and, and he's had issues uh, finding coordinators. You know, this is he's now on his third special teams coordinator. Um, he's, he just got here in 2019. He's on his third special teams coordinator. He's now on his uh, second defensive coordinator, probably going to be on his third defensive coordinator next season. Um, there have been multiple games where it's been very clear and obvious that Aaron Jones is the, the key to this offense, the player that needs to get the ball. And he's, you know, ends the day with under 10 touches on any given game. Um, that's happened on numerous occasions. This offense has clearly not been what Matt LaFleur has envisioned an offense to be. It is clearly gone over to Aaron Rodgers and what Aaron Rodgers wants to run, which has been a major issue. I could go on and on about that. Aaron Rodgers has not been the same quarterback, just about every single player, um, on this team to a T has either not lived up to expectations or has played well below expectations, including some second year players who they were expecting to get a jump from, which has not happened from almost the entirety of their 2021 draft class. Um, special teams, Rich Basaccia gets brought in, made the highest paid special teams coordinator in football, gets to bring in his two assistants, gets to bring over Dallin Levitt, Keyshawn Nixon, Jonathan Abram, gets Rudy Ford, like special teams specialists. And the special teams is still abysmal. Um, we could go on and on, uh, but you add on to that uh, what's actually been a fairly difficult schedule, um, a really tough road stretch where they were at five different stadiums in five weeks, um, and you get the makings of a really, really poor and disappointing season, and that's where Green Bay's at right now. And that's the Cliff Notes version. That's 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 the like that's just like the the overhanging like easy stuff. We could get a lot deeper too. So. I want to bring up, this is kind of, you know, this this is the obvious one, but the loss of Devontae Adams has been real. Um, trying to replace him has been difficult. Um, I can tell in the beginning of the season, they were trying to, you know, get Dobbs involved and get Watson involved early. Um, sort of like you said in the beginning, it's been a mixture of Aaron playing bad and Dobbs also had his, he had his struggles of uh, drops and whatnot. And Watson also had, had his struggles. What, what's what's been going on with with the offense? Do you think it's um, this more specific Aaron Rodgers struggling? Because I I know he hasn't been has been his his self his same self, but is it more of Aaron? Is it more of Lafour? Is it more of the receivers? What do you think about that exactly? Yeah, this is, this is another one where it's a little bit of uh, all of the above. But let's start with Aaron. So um, one of the things is is Aaron's got a thumb injury. There's been whispers and rumors as of late that it is a broken thumb. Uh, he has made mention that it is not an excuse. And oddly enough, two weeks ago against the Cowboys, he played his best game of the season, uh, threw the ball all over the field with incredible accuracy. And um, against the Titans, four days later, uh, struggled with accuracy, missed multiple receivers on different occasions throughout the course of that game. 
so to kind of back up a little bit, Devontae's gone. You're bringing back a Randall Cobb and Alan Lazard, and then you're bringing in three rookie receivers, Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, Samori Toure. You go get a Sammy Watkins who has not done anything for them. Uh, you have Amari Rogers coming in, uh, you know, to his second season. The the hope was a couple of these guys would step up. Brian Gudikins has actually had a pretty good track record of bringing in some of these low price veterans and getting really good ROI on it. Sammy Watkins has not been that whatsoever. And I think actually you can make a strong argument that Dobbs, Watson, and Toure, Toure seventh round pick, Dobbs a fourth, Watson a second, are all showing signs that they can actually well outperform their draft position based on some of the flashes that we've seen from all of them. But these are rookie receivers. They take time to develop. Unless you get a Justin Jefferson or a Jamar Chase, who I know have just shattered expectations of what a rookie wide receivers you know can look like. Um, unless you get one of those guys, these guys take time to develop. And I think, again, they're, they're overshooting their, their expectation in the season, but it still wasn't enough early in the season. Add in some in, you know injury issues to Lazard, Cobb, Watson, Dobbs throughout the course of the season, and it starts bringing the talent level down and, and really certainly not having a, a player the capable of Devontae Adams and also Marquez Valdez-Scantling, who they lost from a season right. ago. So you start the season, you don't have the full complement of weapons that he's used to. You also have David Bakhtiari, who wasn't quite ready to come back from injury yet. Elton Jenkins, who wasn't quite coming ready to come back from injury yet. And you had this makeshift offensive line with not the weapons that he's used to. Robert Tunyon coming back off of a torn ACL at, at tight end. And really the only thing that you kind of had was Aaron Jones as your, your constant, right? Yeah. So to start the season, they get you know beat up by Minnesota in week one. And early in the season... Even once Bakhtiari and Jenkins get get you know come back as they sort of work their rust off, this offensive line was not up to par. It was it wasn't very good, not neither in the run game nor in the passing game. The receivers were incredibly inconsistent, um, and Rodgers was having to lower his eyes to watch what was happening at the line of scrimmage. Which, if you remember back to 2017 and 2018, when he was showing signs of being human. That was something suddenly the offensive line was breaking down. You know, this, some of the seasons where Jordy had his torn ACL, like some of those sort, sort of seasons, you know, can happen where Rogers starts bringing his eyes down and he becomes a lot less effective. Early in his career, he had the legs and the agility to move outside of the pocket, to run when he needed to, and to make all of these phenomenal things happen. He doesn't have that anymore. So his eyes start coming down uh, because he doesn't trust the offensive line. And then when he gets his eyes back up, He's got a lot of receivers who he doesn't have a comfort level with to know exactly where they're going to be and to know how, you know, kind of how to get back to the, the football and kind of make some of those off script plays. So you've got Rodgers trying to be Superman, but he doesn't have the same superpowers that he used to have. You have an offensive line that's breaking down, forcing Aaron to bring his eyes down. And you've got receivers that aren't necessarily the, the playmakers that he's used to and aren't exactly in the places and the spots that he's expecting them to be. So you end up with this sort of mess of an offense and little by little, we've started to see as Bakhtiari gets healthy and Jenkins gets healthy, um, that this offensive line is protecting better. You're starting to see signs from Dobbs before he got hurt and Watson and some of these receivers that they're starting to get open more. But it was almost like those first you know, six games of the season kind of broke Aaron and got him completely out of his rhythm where he hasn't quite got back to the fact of, hey, I'm going to run this offense. I'm going to sit in the pocket. I'm going to trust my O-line and I'm going to, you know, have my receivers where I expect them to be. So even as guys have kind of gotten better, he hasn't developed that trust back with the team yet. Add in mm -hmm. the fact that he's got this thumb injury 
And you've also had, again, Dobbs go out with an injury and, and some other issues as well. And you just have this sort of perfect storm of crap that has happened to this Packers offense. And the result has been very abysmal uh, offense this season. So you mentioned, you talked about some injuries on the offensive side of the ball. And I want to kind of shift it to the defense because the defense have had some injuries the last couple of weeks. Uh, Eric Stokes is put on IR. Rashawn Gary yeah. on IR. Devondre Campbell's been injured. Uh, what What is the kind of outlook when you're looking and you I'll kind of tie it to this game, looking at an Eagles offense? Yeah, they lost Al Goddard, but they still have A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, Quez Watkins, Miles Sanders, and this offensive line. What is the, I guess, the outlook going against this Eagles offense for the Packers defense? Yeah, it's a bit of a struggle. So you you look at this, the, the Titans game that they're coming off of, right? Uh, they they stack the box to stop Derrick Henry and they do a pretty good job of it. They, uh, you know, he was right around three yards per carry, hunt, held him under hundred yards, no explosive runs. Uh, he did have a nice play in a screen pass, which probably should have got called back due to penalty, neither here nor there. Overall, they, they, they held him pretty well. Um, but they committed so many bodies to the box and played a lot of, you know, off zone coverage that against the Titans 31st ranked passing attack, they weren't able to do anything or like, like Tannehill threw the ball all around the field over 300 yards, three touchdowns, Derrick Henry threw a touchdown. Like it was just getting you know to the point of ridiculousness and they did not hold up in the passing game at all in any capacity. Now you face an Eagles team who, despite not having a Derrick Henry, and I know I'm preaching to you guys here. We already know all this, but um, despite not having Derrick Henry average more yards per rush, it's like by 0.1, but, but you know, more yards per rush than the Titans do. They have, I think, a more complete rushing attack. Obviously, Jalen Hurts being a part of that as well when need be. You have a more mobile quarterback. You have a better quarterback. You have an A.J. Brown. You have a Devontae Smith. And the Titans didn't have any of that. Like, the only thing that I could actually – and you have a way, way, way better offensive line than the Titans did, even though I think they're punching above their weight or their, their talent level in Tennessee and playing a good brand of football. Um, you know, Lane Johnson um, – Kelsey, you know, Mylotta, those guys would immediately be the three best offensive linemen on the Titans right now. So you are a souped up version of the Tennessee Titans team that just went into Lambeau Field and, you know, had no issues going up and down the field on the Packers. You know, I, I'm already trying to erase the game from my memory, but I, I, they at least had 28 points. I, I can't even remember what the final score was because I tried to nuke it from, like I said, from my memory. But they had no issues scoring in Lambeau Field when, by the way, the Packers needed this game to save their season. And now that was like the dagger, right? Like, yes, they could probably win six in a row and maybe get back in this thing. That's not happening. The team knows that. And so you've got a defeated team that is coming off their sixth loss in seven weeks, a completely deflating loss to the Titans. And now you face a souped up version of the team that you just faced. Yeah. The outlook's not great. So um, my theory of theme from the Packers within the past couple of years is that I've noticed that they have picked up um, players in the, in the Eagles secondary who are, you know, were weighed or cut and have made them into productive like starters like Russell Douglas, Kenan Sullivan, or, or yeah. uh, recently Rudy Ford. Um, how do you feel about them going against um, what well, I know Sullivan's now in uh, Minnesota, but how do you feel about Rudy or Russell or Jair? Uh, do you think Jair is going to follow AJ Brown? How do you like them going against Devante and uh, Quez and Brown on Sunday, on Sunday night? Yeah. So one of the more frustrating things with the Packers this season is they have 
especially going into the season with Eric Stokes, Jair Alexander, Razul Douglas, they have cover corners. They have man cover corners is what they have. Jair wants to play man. Razul wants to play man press on the outside. Uh, Stokes wants to play man. They they are bad zone corners more often than not because they're outside of Razul, Stokes, Jair, Darnell Savage at safety, and now he's playing a little bit in the slot as well. Um, those aren't those aren't t- like see ball hit hit you know hit the you know ball carrier guys like they they're not aggressive tacklers. Um, so those guys are made for man coverage. Yeah, this is a team that's played a ton of zone off coverage throughout the course of the season, just not playing to their strengths. Week one against Minnesota. Justin Jefferson, you had, listen, going into the off season, right? You know, Justin Jefferson is going to be a problem for like a decade. Like he's not going anywhere. And you know that he's like the guy that you're going to have to stop within this division. You're not afraid of the bears. You're not afraid of the lions. You're afraid of the Vikings a little bit. And the number one guy you have to stop is Justin Jefferson, Justin Jefferson week one. They have no plan for an awful plan. They had no plan B plan C Jefferson goes absolutely off. Then the big question is why wasn't Jair Alexander covering Justin Jefferson in that game? As the season goes along, they get to playing more man. They they play a little bit more press. They let these guys do what they want to do. Had some success against the Dallas Cowboys. Cowboys put some points up, but they played a much better brand of football in that game. Won uh-huh. the game. Come back against the Titans and play a bunch of off zone coverage again. So like trying to figure out <coughs> what this is going to do. Um, even when it seems fairly obvious of like, Hey, they've got a Justin Jefferson. Jair Alexander is probably a pretty good idea to use on that player. Nope. And even when they've had success in, in man coverage, Titans come to town and nope, we're going to play off, uh, you know, zone off coverage. So, um, your guess is as good as mine at this point, but th- this has been a secondary. The first thing I would tell you guys, this defense cannot communicate to save their lives at the moment. There are multiple <laughs> big plays for the Titans where guys are just running free down the field and Packers players are pointing at each other being and throwing their hands in the air, wondering who is supposed to cover them. That's been happening since week one against the Vikings. It happened more than ever this past week against the Titans stack guys, make the Packers communicate and they have not shown the propensity to be able to do that all season long. And if, if I were the Eagles and they're a very smart, well-run team, uh, I would be making sure that Green Bay's having to switch and communicate on almost every passing play because Green Bay hasn't shown the ability to do that. So, uh, you know, looking at the Eagles offense and what they do, you mentioned we talked about the Packers offense. Now, if we look at the Eagles defense to the Packers offense, now the Eagles added two interior defensive linemen, Indomitian Sue and Linval Joseph, who paid dividends against Jonathan Taylor and the Indianapolis Colts. Green Bay running the ball, that is that's their forte, right? You know, looking at what they can do offensively, that's their bread and butter. Um, what do you how do you think they match up there with the Eagles, you know, adding those two pieces and what they already have on the defensive side of the ball when it looks like running the ball against the Eagles? Yeah, so that's their bread and butter when they're going well, when they decide that they actually want to run the football and let the the offense run through Aaron Jones. And again, we saw that against the Cowboys. It worked very well, didn't work very well against the Titans. And in so many other games, they just sort of abandoned the run out of nowhere. Um, but um, as you guys know, there were a couple of cracks, uh, you know, shown against the, the commanders. The Colts almost pick up a win. And obviously, you know, running the football, especially with the commanders, a huge part of that. And the Eagles very wisely go out and they sign Linval Joseph and Dominican Sue and they get reinforcements. Right. So I, I think green Bay is going to look at it and say, yeah, w- you know, we've seen a little bit of the vulnerability. We want to be able to run the football. We want to get Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon going. And I think if they can do that early in the game, 
um, and, and make this a game where the, you know the Eagles have to defend the run over and over, and hopefully they can get some play action shots down the field. That that's a that, that gives Green Bay a puncher's chance in that situation. I mean, the the biggest thing I can tell you guys is if you make Green Bay one dimensional, if you make them spread out three wide, throwing the ball eighty percent of the time, it's the game is yours. Green Bay can't win that way. They went against Detroit, the worst pass defense in football. They just fired their defensive backs coach and Aubrey Pleasant, who the Packers went and signed as an offensive consultant immediately after that. Um, they fire Aubrey Pleasant, and they had the worst secondary in football. I mean, one of the worst secondaries we've seen in a long time. And Green Bay spreads the ball out, goes three wide, static, no motion, no anything, and they couldn't beat that Lions secondary. Lions secondary locked them up, press man, threw, them, threw the receivers to the ground legally. Green Bay couldn't get off of it. And the Lions beat the Packers in a game the or in the game the Packers had to have. If you can make the Packers one dimensional, if you can take away Aaron Jones and the running game, it, it's over because Green Bay can't win that way right now. So now what I want to do here is I want to ask you two things. Um, going to get your lock of the week, and then going to get your prediction. I'll start with the lock. What do you feel is going to happen this weekend? You're stone cold. You're what we call it. You lack a lock of the week. Am I allowed to pick the the Eagles as my lock of the week? Because you I can think pick that, whatever you'd like. I'm gonna, I'm gonna oh, go with the Eagles as my lock of the week, and I'll, I'll come like to hear that. <laughs> yeah, right. You say, so you do want to hear that or don't want to hear that? I don't. I don't want to hear that. I just that's just bad energy for us. I... <laughs> so funny story. I uh, I was doing a live show with the Lions, uh, a couple guys who write for the Lions and cover the Lions, and and are big Lions fans. Right before the game, and. They, they're coming on and they're saying, man, like the, the Lions are bad. They just fired their defensive backs coach. We've played that. We know how the, we know the story. The, even when the Lions are good, the Packers come in and beat the Lions and this Lions team isn't good and so on and so forth. And I, and me and uh, my other hosts were like, you don't know this Packers team. This is not this. This is not the Packers team that you are used to. And they were, they were confident. They're like, no, no, no guys. Like, trust me, you're going to beat the lions and you're going to get right back in things. And we're like, that, that sounds great. But like, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't, I don't think that's going to necessarily be the case. And, you know, sure enough, lions beat the Packers uh, in Detroit. And like I said, that, that kind of felt like the the final dagger at the time. Um, this is, these are two teams on two totally different wavelengths right now. And we, this has been a crazy NFL season, right? So like just as soon as we think we figured something out, like it goes in the exact opposite direction. So um, that's why they play, of course, but this is an Eagles team that go back to what, two years ago, I think it was two years ago. Correct me if I'm wrong. Eagles came into Lambeau field when the Packers were really at the height of their, their powers, like within the Matt LaFleur era and the Eagles were not. And the Eagles walk into Lambeau and beat the beat the Packers in Lambeau. This Eagles team right now was that 2019. The tip tip yeah. interception. Yeah, yeah, 2019 it was. Okay, so technically three years ago. That Eagles team, this Eagles team now is way better than that Eagles team was then, and this Packers team now is way worse than that Packers team was then. Um, the styles make fights, right? The Packers the after the, after they lost to the Jets earlier this year. Robert Sala basically said, we knew, and I'm paraphrasing here, but like basically said, we keep leaning on the Packers. I mean, if we keep punching them in the face, they're eventually going to fold. This Packers team does not want to play a heavyweight fight. The Eagles are, like I said, they're a souped up version of this Tennessee Titans team who wants to have a heavyweight fight. And they punched the Packers in the mouth at Lambeau Field and Green Bay wasn't able to punch back. 
And the Eagles are going to be able to do that exact same thing. They play the they, they play football the right way right now um, with the way that they're able to run the football. And they just added reinforcements on defense. Like this is an Eagles team that's playing the brand of football that you need to win in 2022. And the Packers aren't. <clears throat> and there's a reason why, you, you know, the Eagles are nine and one on top of the conference and the Packers are, you know, probably a, a loss this week away to being, you know, all, all, all but all eliminated. So, um, yeah, I, I like the Eagles a lot in this game. And I know, again, for, for some, maybe that, that might be like, uh, that, that's bad juju or whatever. This is, this is not your, your old fashioned Packers team. And again, anytime you have Aaron Rodgers, you've got a puncher's chance, but, um, this is, this is not the same team we're used to. So with that, of course you pick the Eagles as your lock. So we have your prediction. Do you have a score prediction kind of what you think is going to happen on Sunday night? Yeah, I'm going to say 31-17 Eagles. I, I think the, the Eagles are going to be able to have a ball control offense. I think they're going to be able to march down the field. Rashawn Gary's injury has been huge for this defense. Um, they, they just don't have a way to get any specific pressure, and they're forced to commit more bodies. They're going to have to, you know, they're going to have to commit people to stop the run and, uh, and probably keep an eye on Jalen Hurts as well. And it's just going to open things up downfield. And Devontae Smith, A.J. Brown are going to get some explosives in this game. Uh, I, I think Eagles are going to be able to put up some points. I like 31. I think Green Bay has found a little bit of a formula to get some explosive plays finally going. Christian Watson's been um, a, a revelation these past couple weeks. I think the offense is finally like the offensive line has played better that they've, you know, now that they've moved a couple guys around. I think this is going to be a team that, you know, I'm not saying that they're world beaters finally, you know, putting up 17 points, but that feels like heavy lifting right now for this team. So I think they're going to get a couple touchdowns. I think they probably hit a field goal. Um, but I think Eagles, like I said, probably win this fairly easy. I'll say 31, 17. All right. Uh, I like that. No, don't get me wrong. Um, but, uh, again, Andy, thank you for joining us tonight. Uh, where can anyone, everyone find you? What are you doing? Just kind of uh, plug yourself there. Yeah. You can follow me on Twitter at Andy Herman NFL. You can follow the Packers podcast or the Packaday podcast at Packaday podcast. Um, you can find my writing over on PackerReport.com as well. So appreciate you guys having me and, uh, certainly best of luck this weekend. Absolutely. We'll keep in touch. You take care. Thanks. Thank guys. you. All right. So, you know, that's good insight on the, the Packers Eagles matchup. What I want to do before we get into, you know, diving a little bit into, into that, I want to get your rundown. Eagles beat the Colts 17, 16 close game, uh, nail biter. Uh, Eagles were down multiple scores, uh, came back and won the game. Last time they did that when they were down by, uh, 10 or more points in the fourth quarter and would wind up winning was 2010. And it was the Deshaun Jackson uh, punt return touchdown uh, miracle at the Meadowlands too. <laughs> so it was a long time there, but this game is just uh, for me is seeing Jalen hurts, get that game winning drive, take yep. the team on his back, go down there, had the touchdown to Quez. Then of course, AJ Brown has the fumble after they get the fumble from Jonathan Taylor and then he was able to get them right down the field. You know, the C opened up right in there, and then the defense held. But mm -hmm. it was a tough game. The Colts are a tough team. They're a good team. Um, they're not – I know what the record shows, but, again, when you have to start Sam Allinger for a couple games, you're right. sure it's going to be a little bit uh, narrowed there. But what was your take on the game on Sunday? So I got different things. Um Personally, myself, um, I actually do think Matt Ryan is, you know, everyone thinks he's this, you know, washed up guy. Matt Ryan is Matt Ryan. He's a he has always put up great numbers passing. Um, he was not amazing against us, but um, 
the offense was stale. Um, Steichen's play calling was very confusing. Um, there was no creativity as there was, you know, previous weeks. Um, there was the questionable play calling towards the end. Um, and then the defense came out to, with a rough start. Um, you know, Colt went run, 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 um, play action pass, boom, Pittman over the middle, and then uh, Taylor punches it in. And then when you see that, you're like, oh, it's going to be one of those days. And luckily, defense was able to regroup, and they, they played locked down ever since that first drive. And, you know, as hard as, as we've been on, on Gannon the past couple of weeks, I mean, he, he's really the reason why the Eagles won that game on on Sunday because the offense was not clicking. Steichen and Sirianni seemed to have no no legit kind of plan as to what they wanted to do. Um, but the biggest the biggest credit has to go to Hurts on that last drive because the difference, I don't mean to bring up Wentz, but the difference between him, between Hurts and him is that Hurts in the biggest moments always seizes, he sees it to, to rise. And I always felt like when Wentz, you know, in the biggest games, he'd always just kind of like, you know, fall back and like he wouldn't, he wouldn't, he wouldn't be as poised and he would scramble and you'd make mistakes. Hurts just like doesn't blink. He, he makes the throws, he makes the plays and other guys, other quarterbacks, they, they get worried and they, you know, they make mistakes and, and Hurts just stays poised and he just, he's that man in that moment. And that's what you need from, a, from, from your quarterback. And, We've seen it happen multiple times this year. I mean, against the Cardinals when, you know, we needed that, that, that game-winning field goal, we got it. You know, we've seen it multiple times this year, and he just rises to the occasion always. And I think a lot of people, oh, you only beat the Colts by one point, and they get into the the look of your wins. This isn't college football. It doesn't right, matter. Yeah. You're not trying to impress people for rankings and along the lines that a win in the NFL, you get that win, you get that column on the left-hand side, an extra, another tick. And if you look at the 2017 season, they beat the Giants with a last second field goal. Right. And that Giants team finished the season three and 13. Horrible. So <laughs> one by two points there. It isn't about, in, in, you look at, they played the Bears that year um, who weren't very good. They played the 49ers who were terrible that year. Right. And it's just, you didn't come away and blow them out of the water. Yeah, you had a couple games that you you put it all together, but what it's about is you're getting the wins. the The main goal is winning the division right now, getting home field, and then getting yourself into the playoffs, the playoff position. Right. And this is a game, and it, a lot of people clamored for the adversity effect. They want to see this team under ad- adverse situations, how they handle it, how they come uh, through things, and the answer. You're getting the answer because Monday night they lose. They lose a game where they basically gave this that game to Washington. So many chances that they had that was in their hands. You look at this game. It, you know, they just offensively just sputtered and it just wasn't looking good. And, you know, I give every all the credit to the Colts defense. The Colts defense are a very talented unit. Um, oh, for sure. But it's just – the call, the play calling was very stale, and mm-hmm. uh, I just think that they have to kind of 
come up with a little bit different things. I, I know Dallas Goddard's not in there. I don't know if that had what kind of effect that had. I know the one I, series, all those penalties. I do, I do, I do think Goddard missing is a reason for the the lack of creativity. I mean, you can't replace Goddard. You know, he, yeah. he's great after the catch. He's great after contact. Like you can't you can't replace him. So, I mean, if if that's how it's going to be the next couple of weeks, I mean, there's there's some concern to that because it's like. You know, he's one of the guys that you can't afford to lose. And yeah. so if he goes down and you can't replace him, you can't figure out how to make this offense work. You know, you got to you got to figure it out because you don't have much, much leeway between the one seed and even the NFC East. No, you don't with with everything. Now, of, of course, the good thing here is the Cowboys and Giants both play. So one of those teams are going to come out with hopefully one of those teams don't they don't tie. And one of those teams comes hmm. out before losses um, on Thursday. But Looking at this game and seeing what they did defensively, I want to bring up Sue and Joseph because Big they time. played very well. For coming off the street, I did not expect that. <laughs> no. And you know, they combined for half a sack. I think they had seven tackles combined with each other. Uh Joseph was was, you know, he had Ryan Kelly literally on his knees or on the ground multiple times during mm-hmm. that game. And it what I was like watching the game. And what I was thinking about was, man, when Jordan Davis comes back, right? Davis and Joseph and being able to rotate. And I think being able to rotate these guys in, they're going to help Milton Williams. It's going to help mm-hmm. Javon Hargrave. It's going to help Fletcher Cox. Yep. Being able to have these fresh bodies. Now, again, I, I don't know what's going on with Robert Quinn. I'd like to see him on the field a little more. Uh, I don't know if I, I – hopefully we start seeing a little bit more of that. I just um, – I want to see some more in terms of him. But – you know, looking at this defense and what they and what they did on Sunday, I know the Colts offense isn't, you know, it's not the Peyton Manning Colts offenses. It's not yeah. this high powered. But again, Jonathan Taylor was the best running back in football last year, and he's a talented player. Mm-hmm. Being able to hold him after he had 49 yards and that first drive to hold him under 40 yards for the rest of the game is a big accomplishment. Oh, and for sure. I just I love what I saw from those two guys, and especially with the teams that you have coming up, coming this Sunday night, a team that will run the ball, will want to try to run the ball with Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon. You're gonna need some of these guys to uh, step up again and be able to fill their roles. And you know the defense itself is playing very well. Um, I know there's a lot of Jonathan Gannon hate. Um, I know I've been there. I've I've said it. Uh, I'm not oh, gonna yeah. say I haven't. Um, I like. <laughs> a little bit more of an aggressive style of defense. That's just, you know, that's what I grew up with, you know, Jim Johnson yeah. and being able to watch that and see that, you know, I want to see a little bit more of that, but again, you, you got to give them credit because these guys are stepping up and they're playing great defense uh, against the Colts, you know, who are coming, who are coming off of a big victory and with a new head coach, a new voice in there, they were coming off of a high and you were able to, you know, stop them. And again, this Eagles defense has not let up a touchdown in the last four games in the second half. That's big. So that is huge. What's what's so good about this defense right now, and they have a big opportunity this weekend, is um, Gannon's defense is based off of like if if the defensive line can create pressure and take the pressure off of you know secondary, like that's how they continue to make plays. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. So if if the defensive line can stop that run and force Aaron to throw, like Aaron could be in for, could be in for a long day. 
especially if, you know, if, if Slade's up there making plays, Bradbury's doing his job and whatnot, and Chauncey's doing his job as well, like Aaron could be in for a long day. So, you know, it's, it's exciting to think about when we get Davis back, when we get Maddox back. Um, Scott, Josiah Scott has played well last week and even a little bit uh, on Sunday, but he also, you can also can see where he's struggling and you can mm-hmm. see where, you know, we're missing Abate. And so oh, it yeah. just excites you to think about when everyone's back healthy, how, how this potential, the, how this defense has this potential that they can reach. And, um, you know, it's going to be big to stop the run on Sunday yeah. because, I mean, be if you watch Packers this year, it's run, 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 throwing a pass, run, run, run. And um, like he was saying, uh, you know, they don't give Jones enough touches. And what worries me is that Jones is going to get those touches this weekend. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I do not want to see him run all over us, and, you know, come, going out and do a bubble and then, you know, catching and going out for 20 yards. I don't want to see that. So um, if they want to give him the touches, limit the run and force Aaron to beat you with who he has, because I'd rather have, you know, I'd rather trust Slay and Bradbury handle Watson and Lazard than have to have our front beat uh, AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones. Yeah. You're, you know, anytime you play Aaron Rodgers, I know he's not been playing that well uh, this year. I know the offense has struggled, uh, turnovers, everything along the lines of that. Their offensive line's been, um, you know, hit or miss there. Uh, it, it's Aaron Rodgers. You can't mm-hmm. discount Aaron Rodgers. That's, that's the huge thing there. And Eagles are, they're going to have to come prepared. Now I know they're wearing, they're all black. Uh, everyone wanted to see the all black, the black helmets, black jerseys, black pants, everything. Um, I don't know if this is, they're coming to the stadium, a funeral for the Packers season. Um, Rogers career. (laughs) Yeah. I I, I don't know, but, uh, (laughs) you know, just looking at, at this game and looking at, um, like, I, I don't know. I just, I, I just feel that uh, Aaron Rodgers is a, a top, you know, he's still a top player because of what he can do on the field. I still think his arm strength is there. I think everything is there. It's the playmakers. You're missing Devonte Adams, but they you know, are. looking at, looking at this game, um, what I want to do is go over the predictions and the locks. We'll get our predictions and our locks, and then we'll just wrap this up. But uh, I want to go over last week's locks. Um, Chip was wrong. Uh, he had Justin Jefferson, 175 yards and three touchdowns. Yeah, three for 33. Yeah, he got blocked um, by Diggs. <laughs> you had Ryan under 225 yards and zero touchdowns. So you that were right there. He had 213 yards. I had um, a Henry touchdown and a Tennessee um, a Tennessee W by two scores. They won by 10. So oh. um, what I'll do here is I'll let you manifest your um, your prediction. I'm going to go off a little bit. We're going to stop for – I'm going to let you do your prediction. All right. Um, I think my lock of the week, we're going to go with um, A.J. Brown and Smitty to have – both have 50 yards and both have a score. Um, I feel good about um, – the matchup with um with Jair and um and Russell, um, I think the Eagles will look to get the run game involved quickly and then um, force Green Bay to set the box. Um, with with last week with the passing game not being there exactly, I think the offense looks to, looks to rebound. Um, so um, yeah, not too sure what Tony's doing right now. 
And then with, we'll, we'll go with in the division. I think Dallas takes down um, the Giants. Um, I think Cowboys are just kind of getting hot at the right time. Um, Thanksgiving at home, you know, we know how that goes. Um, I think Washington has um, – yeah, the Falcons – uh, commanders are getting hot at the right time too. They've what got three in a row, going four in a row. They might get five in a row. Um, the NFC East is going, is looking a lot better than what we anticipated to be. Um, with you know, with, with the Commanders being the Eagles last week, it's clearly that you know, any given Sunday. Um, so. Alrighty, we're so, back. I'm back. Um, so, what was your lock of the week? Lock of the week: Smitty and AJ both to have 50 yards and both to score. 50 yards and a score. Yep. 50 yards and score. Now, I will say, uh, Chips' lock of the week is Aaron Rodgers two interceptions. Okay. So, hey, I'll take the turnovers. That's always. Uh, it bodes well there. Um, yeah. And then my lock of the week, I'm going to stick with this game. Um, you know, I'm going to go with the defensive side of the ball. And I will say Brandon Graham, uh, he did mention, I was listening to him on the radio and stuff. They were talking about his sack, uh, his big clutch sack at the end of the game. And they were talking about Aaron Rodgers. He's never sacked Aaron Rodgers before. BG really? will get his, Yes. That is one play- player he has not sacked. BG will get his first sack on Aaron Rodgers. I like that. So I like that. throw that in there. Um, but now we're going to go into our predictions. And I'll start off with Chip's prediction. Uh, he's got the Philadelphia Eagles winning 27 20. We'll keep it a little close, but. He is giving the Eagles the win to move to 10 and 1. What is your prediction? So, when when I first saw this game in the schedule at the beginning of the year, I noticed that it was number one prime time. And number one, uh, obviously, in Philadelphia. And the last time the Eagles hosted the Packers on prime time, when we're in all black, they got whooped. <laughs> but I think it's going to be. Yep, other way around. Uh, I, I feel pretty good. The Eagles handling business here. Um, I I do worry of Aaron Rodgers catching fire and you know getting that get right game. But we've also been saying it for the past how many weeks now. Um, I'll go with twenty nine to ten birds. Okay, okay, okay. Um, I'm gonna go. I, I'm picking the Eagles as well. Um, but looking at this game, I think the Eagles will be able to move the ball offensively. Uh, I think they're gonna get themselves back into a rhythm uh, against this Green Bay defense. And uh, you know, I will say I, I do see the Packers possibly getting, um, you know, a couple big plays here and there. Um, maybe not big touchdown plays, but. I have the Eagles winning 30 to 20. Uh, I think the Packers will score late uh, to make it 
uh, 20 points, but I got 30 to 20. Philadelphia gets the win. Um, I do want to bring up uh, last week's predictions. Uh, I will give Chip a shout out because he picked the Eagles to win 17 to 14. Ooh. A little bit off, but it was still really close. So I wanted to throw That's that close. in there as well. Um, always got to throw any anytime there's close predictions, everything like that. If, but if there's one thing I want to say about this about this game and a point that that um that Andy made is. If, if the Packers do get that run game going, what does worry me is the play action. Um, because, you know, he, when getting gets aggressive, you know, he's and he's getting shredded by the, by the run game, he's going to force his players in the box. And the next thing you know, you know, he, he might have a little play action. Watson's going down the seam or whatnot. So if, if there's one way, if there is a, a, there's a, a plan for, for the Packers, it's develop the run game. Get that going, and then, like any said, get some deep shots. And if that's if that's what they can get going, they have a legit chance to win. But mm-hmm. the Eagles should be prepared, and they shouldn't handle business. Yeah, um, I, I agree with you. You gotta if you can control that run game. I think basically the game is in your hands. Um, how you want to decipher? Uh, how you want to dictate? Basically, you can dictate the game that way if you're able to stop the run. Um, but it's, it's going to be a fun game. It's going to be enjoyable. Um, I want to shout out a couple of sponsors that we have. Uh, there will be a commercial coming up uh, with the sponsors. I'm working on that. But uh, Dome Distillery in the Trolley Barn Public Market in Quakertown. Visit their website at domedistillery.com to see their list of delicious drinks and spirits. Uh, we will be doing a uh, pregame show there uh, again next month. So definitely keep an eye out. We'll be posting that and everything there. Uh, but definitely check them out uh, in Quakertown. Uh, we have Vinny's Pizza Restaurant in Allentown um, at the Iroquois Trail. Uh, again, you know, game day specials, everything them. So definitely check them out, vinnyspizzapa.com. Uh, tell them we sent you. Uh, same with Stuff to the Grills, uh, also the Iroquois Trail in Allentown. Um, you know, order them, uh, stufftogrills.com. Check them out. Uh, if you have catering, if you have an event you need catered, uh, definitely check them out. Tell Again, tell them that uh, we sent you. Uh, and again, don't miss uh, all the shows. We're here Wednesday nights. Uh, don't don't forget uh, across the pitch. There are union soccer show. That's um, you know I know union had a tough tough end of the year, but uh, Mike and and Dave are doing their thing there. Uh, of course, birds, beers, and BS with Peanut and Jeff. So definitely check them out. Uh, they're doing a lot of great stuff, a lot of great content. Uh, so definitely check it all out. Uh, follow us at AT Birds. You can follow the network at AT Sports underscore. So. A uh, lot of things, a lot of things happen. Uh, a lot of fun stuff. Uh, the season's in full swing uh, in the second half of the season. Here, going to the towards December and towards playoff football. So this is fun. Uh, it's enjoyable. But uh, we're going to end every show as we always do uh, with a very happy. And Go cheerful. birds! Go birds! Matt Ware. Hey, for all the eagle content you need, go follow all about the birds. They do a damn thing. Check them out. Hey, Eagles fans. I may be in Tampa, but I know where to find the best Eagles content out there. Check out my friends at All About the Birds. Philadelphia, what's up? This is your boy, Freddie Mitchell, a.k.a. Fred X. It's all about the bird. All birds, all the time. All birds, all the time. All About the Birds provides you with weekly analysis, game recaps, informative interviews, and it's all birds, all the time.